Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. It's good to have you back, buddy. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. We were there in Dallas to watch the Cleveland Browns route. That's fair to call it, right? A route? It was a route all the way up until the fourth quarter, I guess. Up until it wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) In the third quarter, it was a route of the Dallas Cowboys America's team. Um, And it was a lot, a lot of fun to hang out with my brothers, hang out with my dad, and watch the Browns win for once. We haven't seen a win in person since like 2014, I think we decided. Um, And we average probably more than one game a year, and we haven't seen one in person, so that felt good. Um, A short trip, but a really, really fun trip. We got a chance to talk to Grandpa in the middle of the game. Well, it's nice when you have time. that big of a lead that the, the extra scores at the end from the other team don't and then, uh, do too much damage. Yeah, but, I mean, they made uh, uh, they made a hell of a lot of uh, points in that. Uh, you know, the, at, at, the end, at, the, at the end of the half, it was, what, 31-14 or something, you know? And by God, I mean it was. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the, what the, they made a lot of points. I think that maybe, maybe the defense was just a little bit gassed or something because they just seemed to be making first downs at will. You know, I don't know. I think they were gassed. There's a few factors at play, but you know, we also didn't need. We needed the play to run the clock out. Yeah. in a lot of ways um and that that's almost like a kiss of death at times you're you lose your effectiveness when you're focused too much on the clock and afraid to make a mistake and all, all sorts of those things i'll tell you what i was nervous there for a minute when when it got to three points yeah oh yeah <laughs> i was real nervous when it was what 31 to 28 oh, yeah at that yeah. point no no it was no because it was 41 40, to 41 to 38 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh, then uh, we had uh, Becca made that, that that tremendous run he was uh, he almost had a 10 yard loss <laughs> and he, he ran all the way for a touchdown that was that was the game saver out there that was right there you know I think that I think that they were so far ahead. I think they got a little bit lackadaisical. I think I just they were they were just marching up and down the field so for three quarters, and they think they thought that they had the game well in hand, and I think they sort of eased off a little bit. Hey, let's not lose focus on the fact that the Browns scored forty nine points and marched oh, yeah. into Dallas and took it to the Cowboys. Oh, that's right. You can't do that. But by the same token, they've been giving up over thirty points a game. That they've given, I think they they've given up the most points of anybody in the league so far. I think I'm not sure about that, but we're probably but, close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you when you when you're giving up over thirty points a game, uh, you you know you got to make a couple of mid course corrections. Uh, that concerns me a little bit. But we've been giving up points, but we've also been forcing so many turnovers recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we had three forced three turnovers this week and have given up none. Yeah, right. So that right, right. that goes a long way to help you win. There, there, was, there was no picks there. Uh, I, I'm i concerned. I just went on my phone here, and I guess Chubb is going to be out for a couple of weeks. 
indefinitely. He's trying to he put it, they put him on IR. Yep. You know, now I was really impressed with this with the Ernest Johnson where he picked up the slack. This guy, <laughs> okay, third string. <laughs> yeah, he, he ran well. He played, he played a hell of a game. You know, it's it's almost like finding a diamond in the rough or something. You know, it's nice to see a guy like that just come off the bench, figuring he's never going to play, <laughs> and, and he comes in and he has a hell of a game. I, I thought that was that was great. I'm I'm glad I'm glad to see that Ward that Ward was up to the up to the uh, test there, but he was playing well enough to get that interception in at the end of the game. That was a that was a game saver. Man, there was a lot of big plays in this game. It was just fun to see us pour on the points. To be perfectly honest, yeah. like to be oh. at a game and like watch us just kind of march down the field over and over again and score. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I you know what I I I like the fact that we had a we had a we had a couple of play action passes down there when we were down down in that red zone and they they never used to use them and I was that last week I was jumping up and down I said why the hell don't they try that instead of busting into the line and bouncing off you know usually they always have a they always have a receiver out there uncovered in the corner of the end zone on something like that. And by God, it worked for him a couple of times on Sunday. I like that. Yeah, that old Odell Beckham um, slant touchdown was on play action. Yeah, right. Yep. And uh, and let's see, I think it was uh, so the when Hooper. Hooper's touchdown, I think it was, too. Yep. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm pleased with the way they're playing. I, I'd like to see him give up a few less points. Uh, but uh, other than that, I think that they rose to the occasion. Uh, I, you know, I think that I'm glad they got this this Hunt, and they, now they now they got this Johnson. Uh, you know, they they got, these guys could uh, come up to bat here a little bit now. It's hard not to right? be excited. It's hard not huh? to be excited. I mean, <laughs> I the thing about Darius Johnson, you were talking about how great he was, and I agree, he was great. But it's just kind of a testament to our offensive line and how well everything's getting schemed up. That it doesn't really matter who we're putting back there at the moment. Like we're getting huge chunks of yardage on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the offensive line, I think, was doing it. Was doing a damn good job. Uh, let's see. I, let's see. There was no sacks. I don't. I don't, I don't we think, did, we uh, didn't give up a single sack. No, no. And and he, he didn't throw. He didn't throw any picks either. For the second so, week in a row. No, yeah, no interceptions yeah. for Baker. He had two <laughs> second week in a row. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, which is yeah, um, I'll yeah. t- I'll take that the rest of the way. Oh yeah, that's 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 great. That's great. Uh, I, I'm really glad for him. I mean, it's it's you know they, we've been we've been the bunt of a lot of criticism for so many years. Now. I'm, I'm glad to see that we're up there and maybe we'll shut a few naysayers for a while, huh? <laughs> Yep. I mean, I'm I'm just glad we haven't won exclusively games that are easy. I wouldn't say going on the road to the Cowboys is easy per se. That defense is is uh like a sieve, but that that's a that's a tough game to win. Maybe. Well they played it they played the Prescott as a damn good quarterback, you know, yeah. and they they beat him. And that's that's a, that's a feather in their cap, you and, know. And we held them to fourteen points or seventeen yeah. points through three yeah. quarters. 
Yeah, um, yeah. It was just in that fourth quarter that we, we started giving up chunks of yards and, and chunks of points. But yeah. I think that's got to be encouraging. So what do you – are yeah, you – you know they beat you know they beat Burrow in that with, and this guy is going to be a super quarterback, and but but he's you know he's he's a rookie, and uh, this was the beating the beating this Prescott was a was a a big thing in their in their cap I think you know. So I think what you were getting at, Matthew, do you have a revised uh, prediction on the season, Grandpa? Now that we're sitting <laughs> at three and one, what are your expectations as we sit right now? What did I say last time? I think you said seven and nine, if I remember right. That's what I recall. Did I? Well, I I'll go for, I'll, I'll go for eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be happy if they just if they have a winning season. I'll say that. I, I uh, and yep. then Grandpa, you've seen a lot of Browns head coaches come and go in your in your experience. Yeah. You, you've got to be super pleased watching Kevin Stefanski and this coaching staff well, come think, in and go three and one right out yeah. of the gate. They oh. they seem to be organized and know oh, yes. what they're trying to do, which is more Absolutely. than we can say about other regimes. I think these. I think they're all on the same page. I think they're 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 working like a well-oiled machine. I believe, and uh, he's 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 got them coordinated. He does. I I have to say that for him. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm just happy for him. Uh, you know, usually when you get a rookie coach, <laughs> coach, you know, you, you expect a whole lot of drawbacks and everything. But so far, I, I really like what I see. You know. And then how about huh? and how about Miles Garrett? He now leads the NFL in sacks, those, three straight those, games with a, those, a strip sack. Those strip sacks, I said, he was, <laughs> you know, well. The last game he ended it with 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 one that he kept on going this time. Uh, you know he was he was really he was really tested. He wasn't he wasn't getting any action. Uh, he wasn't doing too, too much in the first game. He didn't he wasn't too happy about that. But uh, let's see, his, uh, they let him cut him loose, you know, get, feed him feed him raw meat and poke him with a stick. You know he'd be good. <laughs> He's he's responding to the to the to the prodding, I think, at this point. I mean, I I don't remember the Browns since nineteen ninety nine. I don't think have ever had a player playing at Miles Garrett caliber. No. Right now. I can't I I can't I can't think anybody, yeah. Oh well we definitely wish we could have been there with you, Grandpa. That would have been a heck of a lot more fun. <laughs> well, gee, guys, it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's nice to know that you missed me. <laughs> yeah, your dad, your dad showed me where you were, where you were sitting, and I said, and when when uh, Becca pulled that in, I was thinking that was at your corner there. But when we were, when I had Browns tickets, we were always sitting on the corner that right in that corner of the end zone there, you know. And uh, we we, had, we thought we had some great seats there, we were upper deck there, you know. We were we had talk- for a long time. We were talking yeah. about that. You can see every play develop. You can see everything that's happening. It was a great, yeah. great view. Yeah. Corners where you guys were sitting, like you were saying. We loved it. We had those seats for several years. We, we really liked it because, like you say, you could see all the plays developing, and it was, it was good seats. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, to... let's hope there's no COVID in, um, 
sometime here in the near future and we can actually uh, go with you to a game and maybe we can bring back the old times and uh, just carry cases of beer on our shoulder like you told us you used to do with your buddy. Yeah, we used to take a case of beer, yeah. Case of beer, We and the, that was before they had the, the pop, pop, pop tops. We had an opener with, on a string tied to our seat, you know. <laughs> we, had the, we had the same seats all the time. <laughs> we so you just left it there? Yeah, walk in with a case of beer on your shoulder. You know, oh my God, you you couldn't possibly you can't even take a glass a, a, a bottle of water in with you anymore. Yep. You know, so how things have changed. <laughs> no kidding. All right. Well, you enjoy watching the rest of this game, Grandpa. We'll let you go. Uh, okay, guys. Let's let's go, right. Browns. Let's try to go four and one next week against the Colts. All right. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye bye. Love Grandpa. So, uh, Grandpa obviously loved the game, be it 3-1, and one, something he hasn't seen in a long time, but he's probably seen way more than we have. Um, I just feel like a, a theme of all of our conversations with Grandpa is how much he loves Joey Burrow. He's um, just a big fan. That that guy can do no wrong in, in Grandpa's eyes. Like we, we, He's looking at the rest of our schedule, and the one game he pulls out is the Bengals game <laughs> against Joe Burrow as like the challenge on the schedule. It's like, huh. Okay. Not well, the Ravens, not the Steelers yeah, twice. Yep. Yeah, no, not just looking straight past those games. But uh, we're going to bring up how difficult that Joe Burrow game left on the schedule yeah, is. The team that's 1-2-1 one, and one, and we've already beaten. <laughs> Freaking Joey, man. Got to love it. Grandpa's not excited to play him twice a year moving forward. That's hilarious. Oh, man, it was fun to call him at halftime and have him be super excited for us. Oh, he was laughing. He was, you know, it was a good old time. Classic grandpa answer. <laughs> hey guys, it's so good. Love it. Um, all right, Michael Matthew. What was uh, so? I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the game in a second. But I would love to hear from you guys what your favorite part of the entire weekend was. It was a short trip, but it was fun. Best part of the weekend might have been Dad uh, waking up over and over again in the room I was sharing with him so pissed at the people next door that were literally just like sitting in their room talking and like Probably. you could faintly hear someone talk like you can in like a normal hotel like if the person in the people in the room next door are talking like if you strain you can hear them that's all these people were doing they stayed up late but they weren't like blasted music they weren't doing anything crazy and he was irate and i slept like a baby the whole night and it didn't matter at all <laughs> That was hilarious. He texted me. He was, he was very upset. He told me because there was apparently children over there. And he was like, who keeps their kids up that late? <laughs> a fair question. A, a fair question, but also not his responsibility. Uh, what about you, Matthew? It was such a short trip. I mean, we, we didn't do much. Um, yeah, we flew in Saturday. Flew, playing, flew playing, football, playing football in the parking lot after the game was, was really – fun for me mark, yeah that was a highlight of my trip too how did that work how's how's that shoulder mark mark's currently has his arm in a sling to to give paint a visual here for for all the listeners i will um, say i walked away from this weekend nick chubb's gonna be about out about six weeks i think i'm gonna be out about three weeks something like that <laughs> mark mark has a, a ac sprain maybe a little separated shoulder action what Mark, why don't you retell that from, from your perspective? Something like that. All right, so we obviously had a blast at the game. We haven't seen the Browns win in person in a really long time. Um, we were having fun. 
celebrating in the parking lot after all the Cowboys fans had completely cleared out. Um, we had these footballs with the Cowboy logo on it that we got. We were just throwing them in the parking lot, mostly me and Matthew. Um, I was smart enough to not subject myself to any potential injury. Well, this this was after the game. We had had some beers during the game. We had after the game we went to an outdoor bar, had a couple more beers, watched some of the late night games before we went to the airport. Wasn't anything crazy. I would say that I was completely capable of running and catching a football. And we were doing this in the par- or in the on the sidewalk for a long time. And then finally we started uh, into AT&T Stadium's parking lot, and uh, we finally had a little bit more open space. So I was excited to finally, you know, turn the burners on, um, hit the gas Tyreek Hill style, and uh, Matthew tossed me one, and it wasn't a normal throw. He really lofted it up there like an airmail, and he threw it way out in front of me. So I had to really turn the Jets off. It was really a Russell Wilson, just yeah. like, like run under, rainbow. Run underneath it, Antonio Callaway style. That's how I was picturing myself. Tyrod Taylor to Antonio Callaway. I was turning on the burners. I promise you, running as fast as I possibly could. Um, and then, sure enough, my left toe clips the inside of my right leg, and I just fell like a sack of potatoes. Just as fast as I possibly could, hit my shoulder, Bounced right up. and uh, uh, Right onto the asphalt. Yeah, right onto the concrete of the parking lot. And uh, not going to lie, it hurt a lot. You guys were very kind. Didn't laugh for too long. Asked me if I was okay like 10 times in the next like 15 <laughs> seconds. I don't think we like went over to you. We just stood where we were and asked if you were okay <laughs> about 10 times. <laughs> I gave a couple thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Mark didn't have the words to say yet. I was still trying to figure it out myself. Pick yourself up off the ground, but let us know if you're not okay. And Dad just had a smile on his face and just was shaking his head. <laughs> he saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm down. I got a, a shoulder injury, arm in a sling right yeah, now. It's, a good, it's a good thing it's 2020. We can just drop you on the IR. And it's a good back thing the weeks. Browns won. Think about if that happened on top of like a Browns loss, like how pissed you would be. I wouldn't have been as excited running around trying to catch the football like that if the Browns had a loss. I wouldn't have been in that jovial of a mood. So I, I made the connection. Last time we went to a Browns game, Rams game in Cleveland, you threw a two-by-four at my head. <laughs> hit, hit, me, hit me right in the head while we were tailgating. Nah, seems, um, that seems like aggressive verbiage. But, um, so now flash forward to, I, we were, to Cowboy Stadium. I, play- I threw a football at you and you hurt yourself. I was playing uh, Giant Jenga, Matthew, if you want to tell the story properly. And you made the idiotic decision to stand directly behind me. And whenever I, you know one of those where you got to pull it out super fast? I did that. I got it. Mind you, the tower didn't fall. And it just slipped out on the back end. And happened to hit you square in the forehead. <laughs> About 20 <laughs> feet behind you. <laughs> I, still so, blame, I still blame that one on you. So, so now we're even. Okay. Now right. we're even. Oh, Sounds good. Um, that, was, yeah. that was a good time on the weekend. Just like the downtime. Just like screwing around in the parking lot, throwing football, doing whatever. Being excited to, to be a part of a Browns win. Yeah. Be I there would, to witness it. It was super fun. I would trade this injury for that game that we got to witness any day of the week. I'd do it again. I'll do it now. I'll give my other arm for a W over the Colts this over weekend. the Colts next weekend. Yep. Uh, sounds good to me. Um, so, obviously, I mean, we scored 49 points in this game. Is that hard to believe. Is that just a result of how bad the Cowboys' defense is, which seems reasonable, 
or is there something that we're actually doing to start move moving forward and this offense really clicking? I mean, I think it's a combination of factors. I think that we're getting more comfortable in this offense each week. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that that's the case. Baker looks definitely more comfortable every time we see him. Teams cannot stop our running game right Our now. offensive line is just – I mentioned it in the call with Grandpa, but our offensive line can't be stopped right now. I mean, I was listening to the athletic football show this morning, and Robert Mace was making the case. He's like – is there a better offensive line in the NFL than the Cleveland Browns right now? And his position was no, that the Browns have the best offensive line at the moment. And it's kind of hard to argue. Like, we are just road-grading people, and there's not a weakness across that line. Jack Conklin might be the worst one. Jedrick Wills is probably the worst one just because he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But, I mean, there's, there's nobody that you can just pick on. Mm-hmm. Like, like nobody's a real weak point. I mean, and when you have that sort of baseline, like that running offense as a baseline, like it just opens up so much with our play action and our boot action and like everything else. Is I mean, and it and it's it is starting with the offensive line. Like we we can throw any of our running backs that we have in there, and we saw that this week with Dernis Johnson having to step up and run, and even Dontrell Hilliard had a couple decent runs in this game. Yep. Um, the offensive line is opening holes, and even though Nick Chubb is a transcendent talent at running back, we can do it with just about anybody. Yep. yep. Darnus Johnson stepped in and was our leading rusher. He had 95 yards. Yeah. Almost broke 100. And he didn't play a snap until, what was that, the second quarter when Chubb got injured? Yeah. yeah. It was it the was end the of the end first, first quarter. Nick Chubb got injured. You know what is something that I noticed on the second watch is, and it's hard to notice live, just how good Harrison Bryant has been for our offense. Doing the dirty work, getting the blocks, sealing edges. Like, it actually dude just is a good point. dove in head first and is, is always right there at the point of the tack, being the guy to, to hit that last block to spring us to go for an extra 10 yards. Did you guys hear what he said to, what OBJ, he said to OBJ in the huddle on that play? Like, so it gets cut down to three. And they're in the huddle, and OBJ said he heard from Kareem, and he, Kareem told him, all we need is five yards. Like, just get us five yards. And, like, I think and I guess that they'll be able to move the chains on two more runs if he can get at least yeah. five yards on that play. And then um, Harrison Bryant tells him, make sure you stay in bounds. Make sure you don't go out of bounds. And OBJ goes, thanks, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? I d- I mean, he, he doesn't need probably need to say that to OBJ, but I love that that's where Harrison Bryant's head is at. Oh, yeah, in that for moment. sure. He's, he's in the moment. He's thinking about the game. He's engaging with the game on like that level where if I had the ball in my hands. You've got to like, feel about as small as a grasshopper after <laughs> OBJ tells you that. <laughs> Thanks, Rook. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so funny. But you're absolutely right. Harrison yeah. Bryant like gets his nose in there and is been super active, which will be very interesting because all signs seem to point to David Njoku being active now, like he's coming he, off the IR. He said he's active on, on Instagram this morning. And so now we've got three tight ends that I think we feel pretty good about and with slightly different skill sets. But like we've seen a lot of success um, with Harrison Bryant in there with Austin Hooper. It'll be interesting to see what the division of labor is like in that group. Well, I'm looking forward to how you can use those guys get into to favorable personnel matchups. 
you you can come out, roll Harrison Bryant or Najoku, line them up at at tight end or as wide receivers split out wide, and then depending on the personnel matchup that you have, you audible down, bring them down in line, and now you're up against a bunch of smaller guys, and now you line up and run the ball down their throat. And, oh, and yeah. go up tempo. Lots of options. I I made the comment when we found out that Kadero Hodge wasn't playing this week, and so we were down to only three wide receivers. How nice it would have been to have Injoku in this Absolutely. game this last week would have given us so many more options than the past game. Speaking of only having three wide receivers, Donovan Peoples Jones was doing doing the Lord's work, blocking downfield. He played well for first time, first game ever. No, I mean, he hasn't been active until this week. He looked great. The only the only thing that he got called for holding at one point, um, and then that kickoff late in the game where he was waiting for it to go into the end zone, he was not nearly as close to that ball as I would like him to be in case it did not make it all the way to the end zone. That's one of the couple breaks the Browns got down the stretch that was very, very fortunate because that could have turned south really quickly. If you, you make That's a big mistake. If you give them the ball that deep I'm in your own territory, amazed that the kicker could have the ball flat on the ground, that watermelon style kick, and then kick it all and the way all the way into the end zone. Into the end zone. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It is crazy. Um, that was one break. The other break was that ludicrous two point conversion that we ended up getting off of the blocked extra point after OBJ's touchdown. Have Have end. any of y'all? seen since that play anybody say when the last time that happened was in an NFL game I have not seen anything on that me either I, I know that I like with my two eyes have never seen that happen I was watching I was watching a replay of it and on the sideline I could read Baker's lips when he was talking to somebody and he goes has that ever happened before yeah no it's crazy well because doesn't it have to does it have to be recovered in the end zone to like no, they said the, it's a the, live ball. The other team has to touch it. If it goes past the line of scrimmage, the other team has to touch it, and then it becomes a live ball. That you can is advance. my understanding. So, like, there's a lot of things that have to happen to make that. I mean, just the ball getting blocked and going forward yeah. into the right. Like, it's just crazy. And that play, it got touched by probably ten people before yeah. it. Before it got, is, it got touched plenty of times. Uh, that is the, so the highlight of Stephen Carlson's career. Yeah. So what what sticks out to you on the field in this game, like from our team? Like we, it, it's just such an interesting cadence, like how everything like came to be. We came out, scored quickly, and then the Cowboys jumped right back on top of us, and it was fourteen to seven, like really fast. Honestly. Yeah. There's yeah. there's two things I think. The fact that we went down 14-7 and, and our philosophy didn't change. I mean, we were down 14-7 and then Nick Chubb walked off with an injury. Like, Yeah, that, that was could, back-to-back. It was like 14-7 and then on the next. That could have been a pivotal moment where this team is like, oh, no. Like, was it, We didn't skip a beat. We, we kept rolling. 14-14, 21-14, 28-14. 31-31. Right before halftime. I mean – That told me so much about the way this team is, like, put together. That Nick Chubb, like, arguably the most – one of the most talented players, arguably the most talented player on our team that has – we've kind of been riding, riding, you know, to some of these victories the last few weeks, goes down, and we didn't skip a beat at all. Like you said, we just kind of kept on rolling. Offense just next guy up. All right, here we go. 
and made it happen. I mean, do you think that would have even been a possibility last year with like Freddie Kitchens? No, a couple couple years ago, this this team would have folded. They they would have adjusted their play calling. I think it's a couple things. I don't think we had the depth in previous years to be able to feel like we had guys who who could come in. We would be going to a Dontrell Hilliard as a rookie, you know, coming in to to be that next backup. Um, but I I do give credit to the coaching staff yeah. as well. And Enough. the fact that Darren Johnson played as well as he did is, I think Darren Johnson, I'm excited about him, but also it's just a testament to how good our offensive line is. I'm like, excited, which we to, mentioned. I'm excited yeah. to see him have a shot and, and see what he can do. Like He looked he looked really, really good. He, he, he made a few really, well. really good reads. From where we were sitting, you could, you could see the holes open up because we were kind of on the, uh, the, the corner end zone. And there were some times where he set – there was a there was two holes and he he faked into one hole to to freeze the linebacker get the linebacker to commit and then play out to like he was seeing the field yep. well he wasn't just trying to take the ball and run forward as fast as he could um, something that I think is overlooked is through three quarters of this game we held the Cowboys to fourteen or seventeen points and we forced two turnovers and didn't turn the ball over like. Yes, they scored a bunch of points in the fourth quarter when this they had to throw the ball and the game was out of reach and we were playing soft. But like this defense played really well against a very good offense in this league for for three quarters when it was tight and when it was competitive. I would say yes, but I almost think that Miles Garrett's not getting enough credit. Like the first two stops that we got were simply because of Miles Garrett. That their yeah, first that possession, yep. their first possession was basically ended because of the Miles Garrett sack on second down. It was like a deep sack, and that ended their first possession, gave us the ball, and we were able to score a touchdown. Like that was entirely yep. Miles like stopping <laughs> that possession, which was also hilarious because we were sitting around a bunch of people who paid for our tickets to be there, <laughs> and whenever that sack happened, Miles. Uh, sack Dak and me and Mike were both like, yeah. Oh, we should probably be respectful to the people right around us and not <laughs> gloat in their face. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it's all good. Like we're not Philly fans over here. Like we're not going to kill you. <laughs> no, the people we were sitting with were actually fantastic, but I did feel like I had to restrain myself pretty significantly throughout and, the game. And the Dallas hate for Philly rung through, which was hilarious. Um, but that was the first possession, and then the strip sack was a few possessions later and it was like some of the only stops we got of the Cowboys in in the in that first half and it was entirely because of Miles like individual one man plays and you made the comment when we were talking to Grandpa like have we ever had a player that um was that transcendent and like was that much of a difference maker and we just haven't like it's insane that he's literally taking over games week in and week out it's the third straight game he's caused a sack fumble. Which is I mean, ridiculous. That is a ridiculous unreal. streak. Unreal. Like, it, he's just operating at a different speed, it feels like, than everybody else. His level of understanding of what's happening to be able to, like, force those. And it it is I, – I just want to, like, sit back and bask in it. My, Miles now leads the NFL in sacks as of recording yep. with five. Three straight strip sacks. He's like second in the NFL in pressures. Um, Peter King wrote an article this morning saying that uh, Miles Garrett is the second best defender in the league behind Aaron Donald. I'm okay with that. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take that. I'm not going to argue. Um, 
he is consistently drawing double teams, consistently drawing attention, beating them, taking on two defenders, playing solid in the run game, and making those impact plays. That's what you need your impact defensive end to do is force turnovers. When DeMarcus Ware was at his peak, he was like the strip sack king. When um, Khalil Mack's been playing at his most dominant level, he's forcing those strip sacks. You know, that that impacts the game more than anything else that you can do, getting those turnovers right there in the backfield. Yep. And on rewatching the game, I noticed how many pressures owed Olivier Vernon actually um, cost in this game. I don't think it jumped out to me like as we were watching live, but I think I looked at the numbers even, and it was like eight total pressures that Vernon cost. Like he was getting in the backfield and – like making Tyron Smith work throughout the entire game. Like he he definitely made a significant impact even if his stat line didn't really show very much. It was it was good to have him back. I think we're surprisingly good in the run game given that our linebackers are nothing to write home about. Well, I think our defensive line do. dominates in the run game. And even even our worst run defenders might be Sheldon Richardson, but he's he's played out of his mind. Sheldon Richardson has been the player this year that we had hoped he would have been. Um, what, he's been here two years? This is his second year? Yeah. This is his third. Second year. Sheldon Richardson has been really good yep. so far this season. Um, clicking with the rest of the guys, and it's been fun to watch. Get that interior pressure. Yep. And we've talked about it a few times already now, too. But, like, those turnovers are just so huge. That, you know, strip sack from Miles – but then that fumble that we caused by um, Sendejo. Sendejo with Taki Taki sitting under, getting his face underneath his butt. Like, yeah. wasn't that Taki Taki? Yeah. That, like, was completely underneath. Yeah. Like, Zeke was sitting on Taki Taki's face mask. Well, and Sendejo comes in and rips it out. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of really where the game swung and got out of hand in the Browns' favor was those turnovers. I think those were back-to-back turnovers for the Cowboys. And the Browns continue to make the other team pay whenever they give us the ball. Like, it is so enormous to take a turnover and then go and score a freaking touchdown every time. And the Browns keep doing it. And it's the biggest... Like, last year we were so frustrated because we couldn't score touchdowns. And we're finally back into, like, some of what we saw in 2018 where the Browns are able to actually convert when they're given, like, some of these opportunities. And it makes such a big difference. And the Browns got those fumbles, but they, they were also put in positions to get more turnovers. I mean, talk, the ball hit oh. Taki Taki's hands. Ball hit Andrew Sandejo's hands um, later Jacob in Phillips the game. Jacob Phillips had a chance. Jacob Phillips, yeah. Like, there were more turnovers that we even left on the table. It's not Ronnie like, Harrison's was the easiest one. Yep. There, one went right through Ronnie Harrison's hands. I mean, there was, yes, at least two or three other opportunities that probably should have been Converted. interceptions. Yeah. But Baker didn't give any opportunities for an interception. There was Baker the, had some On the second great... drive, second drive of the game, he ripped it. You didn't see a linebacker coming underneath. The linebacker didn't know the ball was coming either, fortunately. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, that. But after, after that, he Other was... than that. That was, like, such a, a quick hitter. Baker had some, like, his stat line isn't that fantastic, but it didn't need to be with how well we were running the ball. We ran for over 300 yards. But he had some really impressive tight window throws that had touch and the correct amount of arc and went right over linebackers directly into the pocket where they needed to be. And those are throws that I haven't seen 
from Baker since his yeah, rookie year. That particular throw, I think that you're thinking of the Harrison I think it Bryant. Went to Harrison one. Bryant. Yeah, it was early in the third quarter, and I, I don't think I've ever seen Baker make that throw in a no. Browns uniform. I mean, it was insane. He dropped it right over the defender, and he was basically sandwiched between two defenders, yeah. and he dropped it right in the bread basket. It was Jalen Smith running on, running underneath, and it was so, it was insane. He was making those confident tight window throws. He also just looked so comfortable. Like the there were two or three occasions where he threw the ball away before there was a defender like actively taking him to the ground because he knew <laughs> he he knew what we were trying to do on that play and it just wasn't there. Like we were we were trying to hit an Austin Hooper kind of wheel route and it was it was just covered. And yep. so, you know what? You just throw it away, live to play another day. You don't need to go run and take a hit or it's a three-man route and nobody's going to be open. Just, yep. Just throw it away he and was, move on. And he it's was mature it. and it's confident and it's knowing what's going on in the game. The other, another thing about Baker that I noticed when I rewatched was on the touchdown pass to Hooper. He got it. It was like a pretty quick snap, and he like you know tossed it to Hooper um, in rhythm. And that particular play, just after he released the ball. He like did like a skip. He was like he got it, and he's like he knew it was gonna be a touchdown, and he went like and like skipped before the ball was even caught. Like he knew that it was gonna be a touchdown. You, when Baker has that sort of like body language and that sort of energy about him, like you know that he's comfortable and that things are going well. Like these are all just like really good signs. And we didn't see much of that at all last year. And like, I feel like those are the kind of things that carry on from week to week. Yeah. Well, it's when you're when you're not confident, when you're always like stretching and trying to trying to come from behind. Like, there's there's a confidence and a freedom that comes from from knowing your team can can elevate you, you know, and you don't have to do it all. Um, it's got to be great throwing the ball to Austin Hooper and handing the ball off to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb all the time. Um, and w- one of the other things that's really, really exciting to me is Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, it's what everybody is talking about, that he had the three touchdowns in this game, obviously the uh, 50-something yard run to seal the game at the very end. But just to have him play in this game against the Cowboys, who he's played many times, and get this level of confidence that's going to carry him through in our run-heavy offense through the rest of the season, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about is he's – now for a couple more – four more weeks, he's not going to be like, I'm not getting mine because he got his this week. And he's going to be satisfied. He's going to continue to block downfield. Not that I think he's malcontent or anything like that, but I'm just really glad to keep OBJ happy. And this, if this doesn't do it for him, I don't know what will. Um, another thing that just seems so rare that I want to cherish and not lose sight of – is how well the Browns manage the clock uh, before and after and, like, manage those possessions before and after halftime. I mean, we got the ball with three minutes or so to go, and we just, like, managed the clock, moved the chains. There was a really good Baker conversion to Jarvis Landry to keep things moving, like, around midfield. And we got down there, and we we settled for a field goal, but we didn't push it, and we didn't give the Cowboys a chance to get the ball back and put any points on the board. Knowing that we were then getting the ball first in the second half, we got the ball first in the second half, and we went down and scored a touchdown. We had two chances, two guaranteed possessions there, and we took full advantage of those situations. Like managing the clock and not giving the Cowboys a chance at the end of the second half, first half was more important than scoring a touchdown. And a lot of times, like I think coaches will try to just like 
score real quick or do something and like aren't even thinking about the clock. And it was very clear that the Browns were like trying to manage that situation. Stefanski talked about it in the post game press conference that they know how how good the Cowboys offense was and the main goal of that possession was to not give them the ball back. Thank you for thinking about that. Well, like, and you have smart to, NFL head coach. Yeah, and you have to be aggressive there. Like you can't you can't just run the ball three straight times, yep. hope, hoping to burn clock. You've you know that did. it's it's well, riskier to to not get that first down and have to punt. We were we were running the ball, and then there came a point in time when we got a first down, and there was one minute left to go on the clock, and we had like 40, 50 yards more to go to get into field goal range. And we called a timeout, and we decided, okay, now at this point, our goal is shifting with less than a minute to go to getting some points. But our initial goal was obviously run the clock down, and we churned through a ton of clock. And so I love to, I love to see that. But I just can't remember another time where the Browns have double-dipped like that, where we like held onto the ball at the end of the half, scored, got the ball to start the second half, and put another set of points on the board. Well, in order to double-dip, so in order to double-dip, you have to be able to execute. And for so long, we haven't been able to confidently execute anything on offense. I know. It's oh my gosh, it felt, it, it just felt good. No. Felt good. No, and that, those are the little things that like you have the the privilege of doing when you're actually a good like balanced productive football team that you're just like striving for when you're just a dumpster fire. Yeah, and you also have the privilege of giving up 24 points in the fourth quarter and still <laughs> winning the game. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh towards the end of the game, whenever uh Dallas scored 38 to 41, um, made the game 38 to 41. We had about a 99% win probability from the second quarter, mid second quarter, all the way until that point. What do you think our win probability was after Dallas scored? When think? they brought it to within three points? Yeah. Oh, it probably yeah. it probably dropped down to like. And there was four minutes left to go. I bet it dropped down to like 65%. Yeah. Dropped down to 60. We were sitting at 99 for like the entire game, the majority of the game. And then all of a sudden, oh, 60. I was sweating a little bit. Understandably so. I mean, it's, it's hard to turn it back on. What, why I was sweating so much is they scored so much so fast. And it's hard to ramp back up and be like, all right, now we got to get back to playing the defense we were playing those first three quarters. And play the instead offense of, we were playing. Yeah, instead of what we were doing since then. And obviously that all got taken care of by in one play, Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. I don't really know. As I was watching that as they came back, I didn't get the sense that the defense was playing that much different. I think the Browns just had a hard time with the up-tempo offense, to be perfectly honest. I think they were tired, and I, it didn't feel like we were calling like really like weak like prevent-style defense from what I could tell. I mean, I'm no expert when it comes to watching film and like you know identifying coverages and things like that but it didn't feel like we were just given these crazy like soft cushions that that they were converting it felt like Dak was playing really well Dak was playing really well it's hard when it's hard when the other team has nothing to lose yeah you know and they're they're just whipping it into windows letting it fly that also worked to our disadvantage because it was their strength against our weakness on defense you want them to have to think that they need to run the football. Yep. I mean, also another takeaway, I think that it was 
game situation was a factor here, but Zeke had 50 yards. 54 yards in that entire game. I mean, I know they and got like behind 20, and they were trying. 20 of it was on that fumble, like where he, he ran and the, the result of the play was a fumble turnover. And yeah, he had that one one run. But other than that, I mean, we largely kept that in check. Dak had 500, so, I mean, <laughs> cool. Win some, you, win some, you lose some. But, <laughs> but I mean, you gotta got to be encouraged by that. We've continued to, like, be able to stop opponents' running game. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that, you know, the Cowboys were going to come in and run all over us. Um, it feels good, especially in our division, to be able to run the ball really well and stop other teams from running. It's what we need to be able to do week it, after week. Uh, particularly down the stretch as it gets yeah. colder and, like, that sort of stuff. Like, it's going to be interesting to see if we're able to sustain it because I think that's going to become even more of an asset into November and December. Crossing my fingers that our that the NFL season lasts until November and December. <laughs> At this point, it feels like it's uh, iffy. Yeah, it's getting a little loose. Yeah, two postponed game. But this one's being played right now. So, anything else to talk about related to this game before we move on? I'm just we- excited. I mean, we do have a few injuries. Let's highlight like where we're at injury-wise. We've talked about the Chubb injury. It looks like he's got an MCL sprain, which is going to keep him out for a handful of weeks. Um, hopefully went no the, more than Went to the IR six. today, so he's at least three weeks out. Yeah, uh, but probably a five- to six-week you know, injury. Honestly, given the type of like hit that he took from somebody rolling up on him, like I kind of think it's about as good as we could have hoped for. No, it's it's probably the best case scenario given given what we watched and then even the timing, we've got our bye week coming up. He'll be on the IR for 3 weeks and then we've got the bye week and so we've got extra time for him to heal up without actually missing games, which is is timed nicely and we've obviously got the horses to kind of backfill and I mean Kareem Hunt's going to going to get his chance. He's going to be a monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kareem Hunt also was questionable going into this game, but he looked healthy. He was moving really well from my Yeah, he looked okay. Point. I didn't think he looked quite at the same level that he has, and they definitely had him on a pitch count. I mean, like, the fact that they even rotated Dontrell Hilliard in there at the end of the game, like, told me that they didn't want, you know, Hunt taking too much of a load. But I would expect that they'll continue to get him the rest that he needs, and he'll, he'll continue to deliver on Sundays. Yeah. Um, the other injuries. Larry Ogunjobi with an Ogun- oblique. Yeah. Did we get any update on that today? I have not heard any word on Larry's status with his oblique injury. Um, hopefully, I can't remember the last time I've heard of somebody being out for like the season with a with an oblique injury. So that that's probably positive. Feels like, like a week to week type injury. Yeah. Feels like a, a strain, might might miss a game or two, but should be able to be back and contribute at some point. We'll get to see a lot of Jordan Elliott. Yep, a lot of Jordan Elliott. Um, I just hope Okanjobi gets back really just because I like the guy, and he's in a contract year, and I want him to continue to have an opportunity to play for a decent contract. Although it could very much help the Browns if he stays out and we get to keep him on a – feel bad, though. That guy's a deserves, favorable deal. He deserves it. Yep. He deserves the money. Um, only other injury that I have in mind is Kaderil Hodge going down before the game started and being out. Like he's kinda he plays a lot of roles on our team. I would really hate 
to miss Kadero Hodge for any significant well, and, period of time. And he's got a hamstring injury, and those things can linger, especially for at a position like wide receiver. Or you got to open it up. you got to open it up, let it fly. So we'll, we'll see how long he's out. Uh, I would expect that he's – if he missed this game, I expect he probably won't be playing. Did he go on the IR? I did today? not that I've seen. Okay. But it does seem like we might see a little more Hollywood Higgins if Kadero Hodge is out. Yeah, and Donovan Peoples-Jones will get his chance. I mean, he was returning kicks, which is a good opportunity for him to, to contribute. And then he was getting a, a good bit of run on offense by necessity because he was our only other healthy receiver. And didn't, interestingly – Didn't get to catch the ball, but – Interestingly, I think they put DPJ in the slot a lot and moved Jarvis Landry outside. I think there was a very different usage of Jarvis Landry in this game because I think they like Peoples Jones uh, in that big slot. Working out of a big slot. So that'll be interesting to monitor going forward. I mean, all things considered, I feel like the Browns have been, knock on wood, relatively fortunate thus far, injury wise. Uh, the Delpit injury is a pretty huge blow. Our team would be Early so on, much better yeah. if we had that guy. A, a dynamic safety playmaker. Our biggest weakness, it feels like at this point. I, I'm pretty optimistic about our. I, I mean, I remain optimistic that as the season goes on, that our linebackers will get better. A lot of our suckiness there is due to inexperience, and I feel like with more reps and as guys get into grooves and the coaches understand what they've got, like that's going to improve. I don't feel anywhere close to that same way about our safeties. I mean, I think our safeties no, are vet- our safeties are veterans that are playing every single snap right now, and they like are continually just like a step, a half step too slow. And they like I don't, I'm not saying they're not trying. They're but their effort just really is a below average, uh, below replacement level, um, level of you know output for for an nfl team yeah we can roll ronnie harrison in there ronnie harrison graded out really well this week um in the 11 snaps that he did play on defense i hope he gets more it seems like he's taking more like a strong safety like taking some time away from carl joseph instead of sendejo i wish that i really wish that the red one was showing up and could do something and take a little bit of load off of sendejo sendejo continues to play every single defensive snap Michael's Brown's crush, and continues to, to be less than. I mean, and oh like, yeah, Sandejo's been miserable. Yeah, I mean he's. I feel like he's flying around. Like you know, some of them look like they're his fault. Like that. I, th- first I think. Touchdown, I think the first but, touchdown was uh, Ward's fault. So it anyways. looked like everybody was playing zone, and Ward was playing man. I bet you also I, help our secondary if our cornerbacks could all be healthy. Like if we can have a healthy cornerback room, that entire the safeties will be largely. Yeah, helped I out have by a, that. I'm not going to lie. I've pretty much put zero thought into Greedy Williams at yeah, all Greedy this Williams entire is still season. Out. Like, he's out, but, like, I haven't even, like, been thinking, oh, man, I wish we had Greedy Williams. Like, it hasn't really It hasn't been registered. a big deal. I mean, Money Mitchell's been playing great. I know. Really Good great. Point. I think Kevin Johnson played really well this week, too. Kind of worried. He was out there a lot, and we, you hardly noticed him. Kind of worried about that next year when, when Mitchell's a free agent and – I mean, we have the opportunity to bring him back for sure. But. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would think, though, the one thing that's keeping Andrew Barry up at night right now is the safety position. Got to be. In the short term. Yeah. Lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- long term, it seems to be. Yeah, but pretty, we're in the middle okay. of the season, yeah. so the short term is kind of most important. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a situation where you gotta use your personnel better and coach them up. I don't think there's gonna be an answer from outside the organization that that makes it work. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Colts do not have the most dynamic passing offense. Um, use the tight ends a lot so far this season. Philip Rivers not exactly lighting the world on fire. Nope. Should be a decent matchup for I'm our defense. I'm sure they'll be able to beat us over the middle of the field. As can everybody. Yeah, exactly. They absolutely will be. And their I, defense is really good, so I'm, I'm mostly concerned about how our offense can perform against this uh, Colts defense. I don't think I'm that worried about that. I think our offensive line is so solid that we're going to be able to execute to a certain degree against yeah. anybody. Wyatt Teller is going to get a, a, a real mean, test this week against DeForest Buckner. I mean, it looked ugly in week one against the Ravens, but when we like ran the ball and kind of stuck with our like base core offense, we moved the ball. And I think we just feel much more comfortable in who we are and our identity at this point. And those guys are had more reps and are gelling a lot more. I, I don't see that being much of a concern. And did you mention Darius Leonard? I, I didn't. Mean, Darius Leonard's hurt. That would help us a lot. That's probably, you know, other than, you know, DeForest Buckner, he's probably their best player on defense. And at the second level, he's kind of the guy for the Colts. So um, that, that'll that help a lot if if he remains sidelined. But Colts game's weird. It seems like strength versus strength. Yep. Um, you know, our def- their defense against our offense, and then – like what their off their offense just hasn't really clicked. Like their offense hasn't really figured anything out yet, and our defense is struggling to figure things out too. It's like it's just really I what it's almost like what is the weakest unit of those four units is kind of going to cost their team the game. It's kind of what it feels like to me. And the Colts defense has has statistically been really great so far this year. They haven't played many teams that are very good on offense. The Vikings are the best team they played, and it was when the Vikings were not playing well on offense and weren't really moving the ball. I mean, the Vikings are 1-3 and three now. Yep. That's been their most challenging team. So I'll be interested to see what we can do against the Colts. It feels like a real test. In past years, this would feel like a game that we would be pretty optimistic about, and then the Browns would come out and really lay a turd. It feels like a game that's going to be really competitive. I could see the Browns losing. I could see the Browns winning. Like, I, I'm excited for this game. I mean, the Colts are a solid, good team. According to DVOA, they are they were the best in the league heading into this past week. I don't know where it's going to shake out after this week. But according to some of those advanced metrics like DVOA, the Colts look phenomenal. So I'm just glad that I a team that has been performing that well on the field, albeit against – some not-so-great opponents like the Jets and the Jaguars. But they've been taking care of business, particularly with their defense, and I feel pretty solid going into the game. Like That's that's a pretty good spot to be at, at this point in the young season with a new coaching staff and everything else going on. Well, the way the Browns are playing right now, there's not a team in this league where if we go into a week, it's like, oh, nope, this is over. It's, it's written off, which we couldn't say in past years. That's great. Yeah, in the uh, in the PFF overall team rankings metric, they have Colts ranked number three, and we are ranked number four through the first four weeks. So that's an interesting um, 
ranking because like an aggregate of each individual performance yeah well what what that tells me and i you know i might not be interpreting this correctly but pff looks at every play and grades the performance of players on every play so if you're aggregating that information and then creating a team ranking based on those numbers what that's telling me is that those are the teams that are executing the best well and they're 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 more well balanced like overall they don't, they don't have really big holes and weaknesses that are dragging them down. They, they've got areas. depth and they're executing well, which to me means that they're coached really well. Yes. And I think this is the first time I can say you know, forever that the Browns feel like they're coached really well. The Browns coaching staff just feels like they're in such control. Yeah. Which is exactly a, what a, you're looking for. A novel feeling. <laughs> that is exactly what you want to hear. Yep. So, anyways, it's it's all it's all exciting at this point. We're three and one. I mean, things are looking up, and you gotta love it. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you right here in these seats at four and one next week. But well, until then, we gotta make our picks. Let's go to the lines. Okay, so Mark and I had the same picks this week. We're at eight and three on the season, just absolutely crushing it. And then Matthew is sitting at six and five, just a couple games behind us. Um, this week, Thursday, Tampa is favored by five and a half, heading to Chicago on Thursday night. I'll let you pick first, Mark. You weren't here last week, so you get up on the... Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with five and a half. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I think that team, top to bottom, is going to turn out to be one of the best teams in the NFL, and I don't feel the same way about the Bears. Their record looks good on paper, but I don't think that um, they're going to be able to match up is good with Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay is going to start getting it together. All right, Matthew, Tampa yeah. Bay five and a half at Chicago. I've got Chicago, Tampa Bay's all those, all those games have been relatively close. Tampa Bay hasn't been blowing people out. Um, Chicago's defense is good. Nick Foles is a lot better for them than, than Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Not so, saying much, but okay. Yes. So I think I'm going to take Chicago, true. Chicago plus those points. Um, I'm going with Tampa Bay, too. They're good on both sides of the ball, and I think they're only going to get better on offense in particular. Um, and so Really I, injured right uh, now. They are pretty injured right now. On offense specifically. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bucks. And that takes us to the Sunday night game is Minnesota at Seattle. Seahawks being favored by seven in this particular game. It does feel like the Vikings have kind of hit their stride a little bit. The offense is clicking a lot more in these last couple weeks. But no offense has been as good as the Seahawks, I don't think, like this year. So this is an interesting game with the Seahawks favored by seven at home. I, man, I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover those seven points. That's a lot of points, but um, I'm going to go for it. Matthew. In past years, I wouldn't take the Seahawks with seven. But this Seahawks team is just different, how they're approaching offense. I mean, nobody can stop the Seahawks on offense right now. I'm going to take the Seahawks. The Seahawks offense looks really, really good. But their defense is so, so bad. Especially without Jamal Adams. And the Vikings. You know who else's defense has been so, so bad? The Cleveland Browns? The Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, But, I mean, the Vikings, like, they've lost a lot, but they – haven't gotten blown out like they they lost to the Packers but by like nine which is a significant amount of points if you're picking the line but like, I don't think the Vikings are as bad as their record shows right now and I'm gonna count on them to hang in I'm picking the Vikings Minnesota all right we talked about the game a little bit it seems like a pretty even matchup but the Colts are favored 
heading to Cleveland to play the Browns. Colts are favored by two and a half points. I've got the Browns. I'm taking the Browns. Go Browns. I mean, in a game like that, with how well the Browns have been prepared, I just don't I just don't see how you cannot take the Browns in this particular game. I mean, I don't see any spot where the Colts are like clearly far and away like better and are gonna be able to take advantage of the Browns. Um, from what we've seen on the field from them. There's definitely not a talent disparity between the two teams, and now it seems like there's not a coaching disparity either. It DeForest Buckner on that defensive line is the strongest thing that they have going probably across their, their entire team right now, and that matches up really, really well with our strength on offense. I mean, we've been forcing um, turnover opportunities for ourselves the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I tell you I what, can if, see we a handful. Force, if we force four turnovers, I think we definitely win. Well, I mean, Philip Rivers is always good for one or two. And, um, you know, I – I could see that definitely playing out. Does Miles <laughs> continue his streak of strip sacks? I hope so, but they have a very good offensive line. So, like, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. I would expect him to have a little bit more of a struggle in getting to the quarterback this week. But, Lord, I hope so. That would be – how fun would it be if he gets, like, five, six games in a row with, like, a strip sack? I wonder what the record is. It's so a great question. Three's got to be approaching, right? Like I would think. I, I can't imagine it's more than, like, five. Right? Like, five four. seems like a lot. Four is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, three is pretty crazy. I'm thrilled beyond belief right now. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Browns fans. Uh, be sure to let us know what you want us to talk about. Send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at us. Find us on Twitter, um, at sinofourfathers. And we so, so appreciate you. Hope to see you right here at 4-1. and one. Go Browns. Let's go Browns. Thank you.